Cinema Sins has a fan club. It's called the Sin Club, and members get all sorts of things like early episodes, bonus videos, merch discounts, and even monthly bonus podcasts. Membership starts at $3 a month, and you can sign up now at patreon.com slash cinemasins. You know, I'm not going to concoct extra fiction and talk about avatars. Let me just write about the stuff I know. Maybe in the future, I could write about aliens and theories. (laughs) (laughs) I can't wait for that. Welcome to Sincast, presented by CinemaSins. All right, everybody, welcome to the Sincast. This is Chris Atkinson from CinemaSins, joined by Jonathan Watkins. Hello, hello. And Barrett Share. Hi! And today we have two very special guests. It's filmmakers Hedy Wong and Hisani Mustafa. Uh, they have multiple hyphens on this movie. Um, uh, you know, Hassani directed and wrote and edited and and did cinematography and 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 Hedy wrote and produced and I mean I'm missing things. That's how much stuff they've done. <laughs> Provided the craft services. <laughs> craft services. Yes, they did that too. Um, uh, they are here today. Um, uh, welcome guys. They have a movie called takeout girl, yeah. uh, coming out, coming out VOD and digital May 18th. He- hello. How are you guys doing? What's going on? So excited to be on. Me too. All right. <laughs> <laughs> um, Hedy, what was your inspiration for this story since you've got the story credit and how did you and Hassani team up to write the screenplay? Yeah, you know, I just, you know, it just came to a time in my life where I wanted to, you know, reflect on where I'm going. And in order to reflect on where you're going, you have to kind of reflect on the beginnings and how you even got here, you Mm -hmm. know. And, um, you know, it was an unhappier time in my life. Um, You know, I I wrote the first draft. I tried to get it made. um, And it was hard. I I gave up. And then Lauren, who uh, plays Saren in the movie, so he plays my big brother in the movie. Yeah. You know, he saw the struggles I was going through, um, trying to produce it. And he was like, you know, I know this man and, and his work <laughs> is great, you know, but he also does it off very little money. And I'm like, really? And then, um, and then, you know, he, I met up with Asani and that's where all the magic happened. <laughs> She's underplaying that. She's underplaying that. <laughs> How so? <laughs> uh, she, uh, like the day I met her is a day I'll never forget. Because that was the day I officially met, like, the character that I put on the page called, you know, Tara slash Takeout Girl. Mm -hmm. Uh, When I met up with her, she had a wonderful premise for the film about a young lady who moves uh, drugs in her takeout food bags to make ends meet. But that premise in and of itself didn't seem, like, spectacularly, like, new to me. Mm -hmm. So what made it feel new was who she was. So when I met up with her for dinner to talk about the movie, she was she was like Don Corleone meets like a supermodel. <laughs> so it was like <laughs> it was really interesting cuz she controlled the situation. She's about 5 foot 3, she's really beautiful, uh great <laughs> skin, but she only spoke to me like in a lower register, so it was like, "Yo, what's up? How you doing?" and I was like, "What is happening <laughs> right now?" So, I was, let me, oh, just I was a little bit rougher back in the day. <laughs> okay, <laughs> but, but I knew, I knew. I was like, okay, this person is so interesting that I can make a film about them doing like jumping rope for ninety minutes, and it would be it would be a good movie. So mm-hmm. I knew we had something from that day. Yeah, Hedy, are you are you saying that you had any kind of experience with what your what the main character goes through in this movie, or did you have to sort of research it, or do you have friends that had to do this? Unfortunately, yes, it, it, this movie does come very from a very very real place. But I'm glad to say that I, I'm more you know I'm on to more positive things, and a, and a big part of that is because of Sonny. Yeah, I'll say so. I mean, uh, uh, it, it, this is a, I mean, I, this is a perfectly realized film and everything like, you know, I, I just as an aside, I do love that line at the beginning where the, the girl, you you know, you, you show, uh, Tara doing this hustle where she's giving people like, uh, notes and answers to question to test questions and stuff like that. And the one girl's like, I, 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 uh, 
you know, I, uh, I, uh, have, I put an importance on, uh, this, this, this stuff as much as I do my classes. And you're like, well, why don't you, why don't you take notes in class then? If you, <laughs> if you, if you do that, you know, and, and, uh, I knew I would like this movie once I saw, heard that line. I love that line. And, um, uh, when you guys got together to write this, how, how did you guys do it? Did you kind of just, were you in the same room or did you write one thing and then Hassani wrote another thing or was it just, how did this, how did the screenplay get written uh, together? So, um, I, I turned in my original draft to Hassani and, um, and then Hassani told me that I had, you know, like this is my first time writing a screenplay and I literally just learned off YouTube, but mm -hmm. I knew nice. that I had to just put everything on there, you know, because I'm not a screenplay specialist, but I know whoever I give, give the screenplay to, he will understand, whichever, you know, and it happened to be Hassani, and Hassani read it, and he said that I, it, it came off like a TV show. There was a lot of characters, mm -hmm. and he told me I'm not, like, I'm not the main character in it. So, <laughs> so by that time, he, he moved to Vegas, and um, as he's going through scene by scene, changing or, or you know, just taking characters out, uh, we would uh, talk on the phone, like, four hours like every time he sat down to, to polish it and, and rewrite stuff for mm -hmm. hours, you know, just to talk about, you know, the original scene, how we're going to change it or we're going to take it out and why. And so he gives his reasons. I give my reasons. Um, and then and then I'm just really glad that, you know, he just understood the heart of the movie. He found the heart of the movie. And for him, he he said it was family, you know. Yeah, mm -hmm. it sure no doubt is. About that. that stuff hit home. You know, you can tell, Hetty, I mean this as a compliment. Your character is pretty fucking terrifying. Uh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, with all the other interactions, starting with that, uh, those scenes in the school, um, and, you know, the, the encounter on the street with, uh, with your brother uh, in, the, in the movie, like, you, the character, Tara, is so closed off from everybody, even when she goes into the, to Lala's, um, uh, den, basically, you can tell that she's not afraid, but she's kind of like, I, I compare it to, uh, if you've ever seen breaking bad, <clears throat> there's a scene where Walter White goes in and confronts one of the dealers and comes back and like almost has a breakdown. Like he, he he's laughing and crying at the same time. You come back to your car and you seem like you're fairly well composed. You can tell that there's something a little bit going on below, but you know, on the face of it, uh, it seems just like you're constant badass. And I loved it. I'm sorry. I just wanted to let you know. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I, you know, I think some, you know, to answer that, I, I think she's, you know, just very young and, and I, I reflect back on the things I've been through and now that I'm older, I'm like, wow, why did I do that? Or why did, why was I even in that situation? I'm so glad now as an older person that nothing happened or it, you know, I, sometimes, you know, um, the, you know, the courage from youth and also a little bit, you know, a whole lot of ignorance from the, you know, from just being young, it, it protects you. <laughs> it does. And, and the reason that I brought that up when uh, you mentioned family is that you can see in the scenes with uh, your character's mom and with your, her brother and her, her cousin, I guess uh, Crystal is her cousin, right? Yes. Um, you could see a little bit of that facade drop, uh, especially the scenes with mom, right? Where it's mm -hmm. just, uh, you can tell that family does mean everything. And yes, that's, that's why when you said that's a heart of the movie, that's what connected the most with me. I think it's fantastic. Oh, thank you, Barry. <laughs> you know what's really wonderful about what you guys just uh, talked about? It's <clears throat> like there's a little bit of a theme for me uh, with this film. And one of it is, one of the themes is talent. Like Tara mm. is such an appealing character because she's so capable. Yeah. But I think because what she's doing is illegal, we don't, <laughs> we don't associate it with genuine talent. But for mm. me, when I was writing it, her ability to code switch is kind of like a superpower. The fact that mm -hmm. she could talk to anybody in this mm -hmm. dangerous area and fit in and gain respect right away, that's a talent. The fact yeah. that she has a head for the hustle, that's a talent. And one of those things that, that jumped out at me when I was writing the script was 
how Terra's abilities could have translated over to like Wall Street super yeah. easy. Mm-hmm. And we would mm-hmm. all be like, wow, this person's amazing. They're a multi-million, self-made mm-hmm. multimillionaire. But she didn't have the same opportunities as a lot of the people who end up on Wall Street. And I mean, that's a common theme in our lives. Like a lot of, when I grew up in the early 90s, um, a lot of the thugs out on the corner had an entrepreneurial spirit, I guess you can say. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. they wanted to work for themselves. They had a hustle. They they had to be somewhat savvy to do it as long as they did without getting caught and, and, and to make enough of a living to not only help their family, but sometimes the people around them. And if we could harness that sort of talent, like if, can you imagine how amazing this story would have been if Tara had just been found by like, uh, the guy from the movie Wall Street and like, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. like badass like stockbroker because she has that same cutthroat attitude and it's it's I think this this film as a whole is a little bit of a it's it's sad that like so much talent is left on the table you know what I mean yeah that happens in real life all the time we kind of throw them throw people in jail and not evaluate how useful they can be to society yeah um. Handy, you, you've done you've done some acting before, but from what I can tell, this is your first feature uh, in uh, acting. Is that right? Yes, yes. And, um, and, I, yeah, go ahead, go ahead. No, I was just going to say when you when you add on top of this writer producer, I was just kind of like, you know, most people don't do that when they're having their feature <laughs> acting debut. They've got writing <laughs> and slow your role. Producing. Yeah. So <laughs> I was just wondering how intense this experience was, but you can tell me whatever you want to about it. Uh, well, w- when I first got to LA, I did book some commercials and, and music videos. So, but that's very, very light type of acting. You know, I- I've done mm-hmm. some funny skits for my YouTube and Vine friends back in the day, very light acting. Um, this, I was, Hassani would say I was terrified. I was terrified, <laughs> but but I but I've been an artist long enough to at least at least learn how to keep the white no the white noise in my head at bay so that I could focus on the truth of the scene, yeah. um, you know. And as an indie movie, we do not have a, the luxury of, of focusing on one thing, um, you know. I you know Hassani was you know probably could add PA under you know under all the things i've been a pa you know i'm i'm watching sheets at the airbnb for the actors that's coming through in vegas um you know and uh but but that's that's part of being an entrepreneur you have to wear many hats especially if it's you know especially when you don't have a lot and so you know takeout girl is really the definition of a of a passion project and just being also around a lot of musicians um you know I was inspired by the fact that, you know, actors typically they audition and they sit around for a job and they sit around for that phone to ring to see if they booked it or if there's another audition. I really admire how musicians do not wait for a co-sign. They create and own their art. You know what I'm saying? And then and hopefully they, they, you know, create enough of their own little empire where they can collaborate with a major label. Um, so, and then, you know, my family is all blue collar entrepreneurs. My dad doesn't speak English that well, but he wasn't going to be a bellboy forever, you know, mm-hmm. at St. Francis Drake <laughs> Hotel when he first came into the U.S. My mom, you know, um, so it was always, you know, he always taught me like, you know, it's best to work for yourself. And when I saw that you could do that in art, it was a no brainer. And then, you know, and then, and then I was like, you know what, let me just make it real easy on myself and just write about the truth that I know. You know, I'm not going to concoct extra fiction and talk about avatars. Let me just write about the stuff I know. Maybe in the future, I could write about aliens and fairies. (laughs) (laughs) I can't wait for that. (laughs) But I think I think that shows, too, because like that was the thing about this movie. Like it was it just it felt so personal. Like and I don't know. I don't know how you do that, really. But, uh, you know, whatever that is, this movie definitely had. Uh, you know, you're right. It, that's why I think the film is doing well, is because it does, it, it not only feels personal, but it feels like something that's very easy to connect to. I mm-hmm. like to think it becomes personal for everybody. Because, mm-hmm. like, uh, one of the beautiful things about this film is obviously Hedy Wong, the Chinese American, Hisani Mustafa, <laughs> African American, <laughs> uh, and me telling an Asian American story. 
That wouldn't normally happen in Hollywood. Although we're making progress, we are sort of moving from one type of exclusivity, you know, from a creative standpoint to another. If you're not exactly this sort of thing, you can't tell this sort of story. Well, with Takeout Girl, the beautiful experience that Hetty and I and the entire cast and crew had was that we gained a lot more uh, respect for one another's cultures because we understand how similar we are at the end of it. By simply telling a story that's a love letter to our mothers and and, and, and essentially our way of cementing for the rest of time our dedication to our parents, we were able to make a story that everybody can relate to. You know, I I love that. And on top of that, the frosting on top of that cake is if you relate to the actions Tara takes at all in this film, then maybe you're rethinking what you previously felt about criminality. Because a lot of people see it as black and white when it's Mm -hmm. really very gray. So I, I think this film does a lot of hard work in terms of its social commentary without being very soapboxy. Yeah. I, yeah, totally. Um, I was, uh, I was wondering about, uh, your casting process in here. Uh, there are some actors I don't think I've ever seen before, but they, uh, seem like old pros. And after looking at their IMDB, I'm like, yeah, these, these people have, uh, some serious experience. I just don't know if I've ever seen them before. Ski car stood out um in this as lalo uh lena lena ye uh stands out as the mother um how did you guys come about these actors mm. um ski car is a gym that dude mm-hmm. is like he's one of a kind in a in a city full of one of one of a kind people <laughs> so he's just super duper rare um i knew i was writing the part for ski so when I reached out to him, and he's a collaborator, I work with Ski on as much as I possibly can, and I've been working with him for almost the past decade. Really? Um, yeah, like the guy, his character is so rich in real life. I, I don't know if you guys knew this or not, but he's one of the original Soul Train dancers. <laughs> I read about this. I was very, very, in- nice. I was very, very interested in that because when I when I went to his biography, I was like, "No, come on, yeah. are you kidding me?" He's, he's a certified amazing, like he's a certified legend in a lot of different ways. And the guy just has he has his own lingo, he has his own walk, he he dresses like a modern day cowboy. So I took that take on on Lalo. And I told him, I was like, yo, man, you got to do this film. And he was like, you know me, I'm always down for it. And I'm like, good. <laughs> it would have been really weird to have someone doing a bad impersonation of me. <laughs> <laughs> and he got quiet for a minute and he was like, no, count me in, bro. <laughs> like, he didn't want anyone else doing him. So Lena was the hardest to find of the actors. Like I started looking for uh, the mom, Wavy earlier on and i didn't find lena Yi obviously until the end but man we got a little worried because finding an asian american woman who looks like a mom Mm -hmm. is hard because you tend to find women in their 50s who look like they're in their early 30s yeah or you find women who look like moms but they're retired because they're almost 80 so Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so there's this weird sort of like gap uh, in terms of you know finding that sort of actress, and here's the great thing about Lena, she doesn't speak Spanish, she doesn't even speak Cantonese, she speaks Mandarin, so she learned both of those. Oh, really? Oh, wow. Huh. And she obviously doesn't. She doesn't have a back ailment or anything. You know, like she just she pulled all that off for the film. Mm-hmm. And then yeah, I mean, the, uh, oh, <laughs> you feel for her every time you see her. Oh, I mean, yeah. She's always yeah. hunched over and, 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 you know, saying it's okay. And it, it's frustrating mm-hmm. to hear her say it's okay. When it, when you can just see it right in your eyes, that it's not, you know, everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too. Like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule. And of course the cost, well, better help can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. 
The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Um, what, what about the rest of your cast? Where did you find them? Uh, the gentleman who played Hector is yeah. uh, Jay Teddy Garces. That guy is a standout. Yeah, He's, he is. Him and Ski, I tend to work with on everything because they're just they're like brothers essentially Mm -hmm. and our chemistry is so strong and i tend to use like teddy is a like a field general he's like the brett Favre of like (laughs) of uh (laughs) of acting because (laughs) he makes everyone around him better he's so Mm -hmm. open to improvisation and improving the scene as we go along and uh the guy i loved being able to cast these actors because i knew i could give each uh, essentially supporting character their own arc and the audience because they were also so interesting the audience would enjoy it uh lauren lee who plays uh saren tara's mm-hmm. brother that guy i've known for a little over a decade he was cast in my first feature film which fell through and mm. just been looking for an opportunity to work together ever since because he's great and then dejan talton yeah he played nate mm-hmm. uh i actually made all my money to buy equipment by acting. And I was on a TV show called Glee a while ago. <laughs> and Dijon was on that show with me. He ended up becoming a series regular. Oh, and, yeah. Uh, yeah, and that's how I met him. And we just stayed in touch. In touch, And I called him and was like, yo, you got to jump in on this film. And he was like, I got you, fam. So, <laughs> oh, wow. That worked out really well. And then I think, who am I missing? Who am I missing? There's uh, uh, the rest of the actors, they kind of just came from random places. Like a standout character for me is Chewie, the the female gangster that is yeah, like, yeah. Uh, Lalo's niece. Um, she wasn't supposed to be in the film. That was supposed <laughs> to be a male character. And we lost that male character before shooting. And then I looked over at my makeup artist, Lizette Hunter. And you you, you remember the Looney Tunes cartoons where you where you look at someone and uh, where, where like someone's really really hungry and they look at another character and they turn into like a turkey dinner mm-hmm. yeah that's kind of how i looked at her but like <laughs> the character wise she just turned into the character and she she when she put on the wardrobe she just became that character because in real life she's just like a soccer mom she's like the most <laughs> wonderful lady ever so and like Oh, go ahead. Just oh, I was just saying that's a really nice dynamic in that mm-hmm. scene when when Tara walks in because they're both staring each other down yep. uh, with daggers and everything, and I think it works a lot better that to have to have a character who's female there instead of you know just some dude you know. Yep. <laughs> and, it, you know so, so much it it felt more dangerous. I, it just felt like more of a dangerous situation. I, I, yeah. I agree with Chris on that. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we just grabbed people from wherever we could. Like it's truly guerrilla filmmaking at its finest. Mm-hmm. Um, you, Hassani, you also took on multiple roles as we we mentioned before. Um, how did you find yourself involved in so many aspects of this film? Because you also have uh, you you're credited with another cinematographer. You're credited with another editor and 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 everything. So how did you find yourself? also being involved in all these these other jobs on the on the movie well i consider them all complimentary Mm -hmm. to be completely honest for me i don't consider myself a director i consider myself a filmmaker Mm -hmm. because i truly i almost need those other aspects to feel as connected to the material as i should Mm -hmm. i write so that i know the story without having to look at the script Right. Um, and and to, that I know the characters intimately because they're a piece of me. I edit because editing is the final rewrite and my base is editing. I started ed- editing when I was a very young, young person. So um, when it comes to uh, uh, cinematography, for me, it's just about like uh, getting all of the elements of cinema to play nicely together. Mm-hmm. I even do my own sound on a lot of films. And for me, it's it's hard for me to say a shot is working properly if the composition is 
not working well with the color and if the color is not working well with the you know the, the 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 shot size all of that has to play well together or i'm not doing my job or we have a problem and mm-hmm. uh for me to have my head wrapped around all that i think that's going to be useful even when i don't have to do all of that you know i'm constantly mm-hmm. aware of it so and i can do that because i have a great producing team hetty Hetty is an amazing producer. She was amazing at taking that hat on and off. Mm-hmm. Um, my producer, MJ, uh, Melissa Del Rosario, she's just, next week she graduates from UNLV. So oh, she was really? 23 years old when she produced this film. Wow. She's the first UNLV student to ever sell a film, a feature film. Oh, really? Wow. Uh-huh, and this is it. And Alberto Triana is essentially, him and I are yin and yang. That dude, he does everything I do. He can mm-hmm. edit, he can shoot, he can direct, he, you know, he color grades, he does visual effects. So him and I together, we cover so much and we're bare, we barely have to talk. We have a really good shorthand for how to communicate so that we make films more efficiently. And he has a great sense of humor, which diffuses every possible volatile situation on set. So you can't really mm-hmm. lose when you got a team like that around you. Yeah. I uh, I was wondering uh, about a uh, a sequence towards the end where um, where Saren and and Tara are arguing and you have the camera rotating around them uh, and I, I was wondering what you know sort of what uh, what led to your creative process of doing that shot and doing the things that you were doing with the dialogue in that scene where you know people's mouths were not moving but you could hear the yeah. the dialogue that they were saying and everything i was just wondering uh what what goes into a scene like that do you have that planned out at the beginning or is that something that uh, sort of comes out yeah. through the shooting of it good question uh <laughs> yes yes i did um that scene it took a lot of thought and i always saw it as spinning out of control mm-hmm. i felt that situation was a scenario in which two human beings were saying things and then instantly regretting it, but also Mm. saying worse things right after it. So it felt like they were just sliding down this rabbit hole of animosity and anger and they couldn't pull themselves back up. Mm. And, and like they were the, the overlapping dialogue is just like almost a way of having people say things before they've had a chance to think about it. Mm. You know what I mean? So like I wanted the editing and the and the constant cert, like if it's disorienting, it's supposed to be. If it's if it if it makes your stomach upset, it's supposed to. If it feels like things are happening too fast, it's supposed to because it is for the characters. And Lord knows I've been in that situation a few too many times. <laughs> <laughs> that you shot have is to... dazzling, by the way. It's absolutely yeah. uh, just a. It grabs you instantly. Yeah, and 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 it, it looks like you had, uh, I guess, at least two setups on that. Uh, uh, to you had one that was sort of a medium shot, and then a closer shot. Maybe you had even more that I don't know about. But uh, ha, ha, did is is that did you do how many setups did you have for that? Um, it was okay. So we set up circle dolly shots. That was an elaborate setup. It was way more time setting up for it than it was shooting it. Mm-hmm. Um, because you know, indie, we had to like hide the stands as best as possible. Right. To, like, for me, we were out just, you know, on a city block essentially. And I had to build an overhead rig. I had to build like a, a grid to put the lights up on, but how do you hide the base of the grid? So we went out and bought a bunch of like shrubbery, like fake shrubbery to like hide our stands. Okay. And, uh, and then it was just circle dolly shot that fluidly switched from one person to another. And we shot that once with a 50 millimeter and then I think a 75. Okay. God. I love hearing this stuff. This mm-hmm. is, yeah. this is so good. This is like catnip to me. It, all, <laughs> all the stuff that you don't, think about when you're watching this very personal story, you know, you have to, you're not thinking about fake shrubbery and that's, that's your job, right? You don't want us to think about it, but I love hearing about it. Now, like how you make that magic happen. Mm-hmm. Now you're going to see it. I was always afraid to tell people that cause I don't want to break the illusion. Yeah, you know, I mean, if you, if you are, if you're getting caught up in fake shrubbery, then you're a channel called cinema sins and you shouldn't be watching movies. So. Yo, it was Las Vegas in the middle of the summer. 
which was oh god that, yeah yeah that talk about hubris that was me thinking i could take on nature and i i lost and we all paid for it so especially hetty being in that restaurant mm-hmm. like she she was in every day of this film she never really had a day off so that night particularly it was like I think 11 p.m. Hetty and yeah, whatever. it was still like 105 degrees out. Fuck Jeez. that. Yeah. <laughs> but that was still better than being inside with the AC off now. Um, oh, because uh, in the restaurant scenes, uh, you know, think about it. It's uh, summer in Vegas, right? And we got to turn off the AC for audio for our restaurant scenes. And sometimes I need a lot of takes. And yeah, it just felt like you were just swimming in humidity and you it's like living inside a mask. <laughs> and it was hard to breathe, but and then because you know, sometimes a uh, shoot time ran over, yeah, it got hot really quick inside that room and it's our cast and crew are all sitting inside too. So, you know, the air got very um, started to, you know, stand still. <laughs> yeah. Jeez. Oh, I bet. I was I was actually going to ask where you shot this because it, it is in quote L.A. Right, uh, the story is set in L.A. But but you guys shot in Vegas. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we sure did. Wow. Um, we shot a couple pieces in Southern California. Mm. Um, I was I was new to Las Vegas, so finding the locations were were a little bit of a challenge because I just didn't know the terrain as well as I would have liked. Luckily, my hobby is location scouting. Add another, add another thing to your job description. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) It sounds weird because I I mean I'm making myself sound like a square, but I swear it's more adventurous than people. Oh, for sure. Um, Yeah. No, no. I I ride around Las Vegas and like on my I have an electric bike and I just ride around with my little black and white camera. And when I see something cool, I take a picture of it. I come home, edit the photos, and I put it in the folder. And whenever I'm writing, a lot of times I write around things I've already seen. And then I just Mm -hmm. go out and beg for that location. Like, you know, sometimes I just get locations because I wore people down. I didn't, I just asked so many times that they were like, if I say yes, will you go away? And it it works. So, but uh, cheating, it it took a little bit of finesse to find the right locations. We really got lucky. And then me, I went a little bit overboard and I got not just locations, but like backup locations because with indie film, you just never know. So, yeah. um, but luckily we ended up with some great ones and they sold, it sold as LA, even people here who live in Las Vegas and it's not that small of a town didn't realize we shot here. Mm. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, I, I was wondering, uh, uh, from both of you, did you guys have any ideas that you really wanted to explore, but got scrapped for this movie? Uh, ideas. Well, it was more for me. Um, I would have wanted more LA B-roll, you know? Um, Mm -hmm. um, just because I've been in LA like 10 years and stuff, but you know, when we don't have a lot, it's, it's hard. Um, I don't know. It's only, what about, what do you think? Was there ideas? I mean, the idea that we had with the cops and we eventually came into partition was stupid young. So I was really happy about that. (laughs) Uh, stupid young, he's a rapper out of Long Beach, an Asian rapper. Um, and he had, you know, co-signs from like Snoop Dogg and done songs with him. So we were really happy to have him in our movie because um, his schedule can get a little crazy. Yeah. Uh, I would have loved to have spent more time with Saren, the brother. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. In my head, I had, I, I just was really simmering on a lot of ideas. Like, I think, um, I think I wanted to dive into more of the trauma that had made him such a like hothead to begin yeah. with. Um, but we may actually get to do that because Hetty and I have developed a series revolving around uh, essentially Wavy, the mother, at the same age as Tara. Oh, okay. Like, and all of her adventures, and 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 of course, meeting a you know young. I don't want to you know spoil anything, but meeting younger characters from the film and whatnot. Yeah. So you would get to see like young Saren you know, essentially plant the seeds being planted toward his more violent tendencies. And then the great thing about takeout girls, when Hetty and I were writing it, we were aware that technically this was takeout girl 2.0. There's this little interaction she has with her mother at the very beginning of the film where her mother tells her like this city has nothing to offer a young woman. 
Hmm. And it's because, um, essentially, I, I had that interaction with my mom. My mother has always told me there's nothing you've thought or done that I haven't already thought or done. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, to, to write a story where essentially a, a mother had already made all of the daughter's mistakes and was now essentially writing the ship with this restaurant and with her family. And that's why she was willing to sacrifice so much. Uh, we can't wait to possibly dive into that. And we've already had some really positive feedback about that. That's nice. So, so you cool. guys aren't done together, huh? No, not at all. Not at all. It's too great of a collaboration. Nice. Mm-hmm. I, I, it's, it's interesting. You brought up, uh, Saren, because I was thinking the same thing about this movie. I was like, I would like to know a little bit more about this guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, considering considering how, how where this movie ends up and everything and um and uh and uh, yeah I'm, I I I guess your I guess your uh, reasoning is as always it's probably a money thing you couldn't shoot more backstory for him or anything like that uh, but it was runtime as well like uh, runtime yeah like the the my biggest regret for this film is we touch on so many socially important issues in this film. Mm-hmm revolving around poverty and family and, you know, uh, legality. But with Saren, it was going to be my first time in my career being able to touch upon mental health. And yeah. like, uh, especially within like underrepresented communities, I know as a black man, it is such a badge of shame to talk about your mental health. Mm-hmm. So imagine like how it would be for such a masculine character to address a weakness or for other people to try and insinuate he has a weakness Mm -hmm. to to be able to point that out is essentially to put a lot of men on screen and make them check themselves as opposed to having to have some sort of intervention. That's what I love about cinema. That's the magic of cinema is that we get to take a story and, 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 and then put the audience in the main character's shoes and then at the end, they get to have safe conversation about it because they don't have to deal with any of the consequences, you know. Um, the, so in the case of like mental health and, and the people like Saren, like it, it takes big things to snap them out of it. And as you see the way the story goes, if you mm-hmm. imagine like a mental health sort of like arc for him, then it becomes a little bit more sad. You know, oh, yeah. and, and you have all of these characters that I, I know these guys. I know Sarens. Uh, I know Sarens that are still that way. A lot of them are in prison. But like for them to see the sad outcome painted so vividly and then in, in their real life have a chance to steer in a different direction. I think they take that opportunity. Yeah. And considering that it's so hard for even people who wouldn't even lose very much status to come out and say that they have mental health problems. I can only imagine what it's like, you know, mm-hmm. when you get down to these underrepresented groups and everything where mm-hmm. I can only imagine what that's like. Um, uh, uh, and yeah. And now that you've told me that I'm going to have to go back and watch this movie again, because, because uh, uh, it gives his character a lot more art to it. Um, that I didn't realize before. Mm-hmm. And a fun trivia about Lauren, the actor. So Lauren was there when I was just writing my outline, right? And mm-hmm. as you know, the story takes place in the Pebbles, which is on the east side of LA. And Lauren actually grew up there. He grew up in that in that pro- mm-hmm. particular project. Oh, really? And, um, and in that neighborhood. And so, you know, and, and, you know, we don't like to promote or, you know, certain things about the street life and stuff, but you could see that he's dressed in all red, you know, and, and because mm. it's because the Asians in that section do, you know, their bloods and, mm-hmm. and adding to that mental health is, you know, when you're in that gang related life, you know, uh, that's homegrown PTSD right there. That's, there, that's homegrown warfare. There she is. Yeah. Know? That for me, <laughs> I grew up in the inner city of Milwaukee, Wisconsin, you know, five, three, two Oh six is the zip code I'm from. It's where more black men are, thrown in prison per capita than any other place in the world. Mm. And it's the most segregated city in America. Hmm. Um, I, one of my ways of getting out of that town was I joined uh, Marine Corps reserves. And I like to tell people that like, I was the only person in my, my platoon or in my unit that had 
PTSD before I came simply because, you know, it was such a violent area that like my mom used to give me a $5 bill to go out and play as a little kid to put in my sock because people would rob children and you were less likely to get hurt if you had something to give them. Hmm. Um, We waited, we were excited for the first snowfall because it made it harder for people to rob you because you can hear them coming from behind you. You can hear the crunching in the snow. That's like textbook PTSD and no yeah. one touches upon that. Like when you see when you see an African American male or a Latino male or, a, or an Asian American male in a video with a cop and the cop is approaching them a certain way and they're freaking out. Some people see a person that's not cooperating, some people see a person who has a bad attitude. In my opinion, I see a person who's been approached that way by many different people and is suffering from trauma. They are scared Mm. and they are lashing out because they've been here before and it always ends bad. So if you know what I mean? So for me, (laughs) I'm painting. I I wish I could have hit that art because I could, you know, touch on that. But, you know, I guess it's for another film. Yeah, and i i would uh, I would definitely watch that film. Uh, I don't think that there's you know enough people know that type of thing. Uh, it doesn't get that kind of discussion that you just Mm-mm. that you just said. I don't think um, we hear that enough, uh, you know, on on news and opinion and things like that. Because then we would you know possibly start getting a little bit closer to understanding why someone does the things they do in, you know, a video or something like that. But yeah, uh, like it's sad. I remember in the early nineties, I was, I, Hillary Clinton called me a super predator and I watched, I watched all of my friends slowly disappear. Like even my little brother ended up in jail and shot. You know what I mean? (laughs) Because, because like we were over policed if takeout girl can have any impact whatsoever, I hope it elicits some sort of empathy for the decisions people in my position and maybe in Hetty's position. I don't want to speak, you know, speak too much because, you know, but uh, in Saren's position, I hope they see the choices that these characters have to make and people like them have to make. And they realize that it's not always punishment that's called for. Sometimes it's rehabilitation. Sometimes it's flat out help. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know what to jump off from there. It's going to sound like a segue and I don't mean to segue from something so important, but I am going to ask you what your hardest day on set was. You want to tell that one, Hetty? Ah, oh, man. There's so many <laughs> for me. Every scene in the restaurant where it's yeah. 130 um, degrees. There, there was one moment that, um, uh, that was definitely harder than the rest. Um, I, I was in, I was, it was a warehouse scene. So it was with all the, you know, Lalo's people and stuff. And I was in there and this is the part where I'm trying to tell him about my business proposition. Right. And, mm-hmm. and, you know, I did it. I know all my lines, I did it, you know, and, um, and Hassani was searching for something that he, he, he didn't see it in my performance or whatever. <laughs> right. And, and, but, you know, and, you know, looking back, I'm really happy. I mean, even then, I I, it, I I told him this many times. I'm so happy that you made me keep doing it until you found what you're looking for, because I don't want to embarrass myself on screen. You know, I, I want mm-hmm. to be the best that I could. Um, and it took like 20 something takes, you know, and especially when the scene with multiple actors, everybody got to restart. The, the actors got to restart because you didn't deliver or and then the crew members got to restart all their cameras and move back and crouch down again because oh, you yeah. didn't hit your your thing. And I see all this. Right. And and that's pressure. That's burden on me. But but, you know, the other actors are like, hey, Eddie, you got this. We here for you. Take your time, you know. But, you know, it's nice to hear that. But I'm hard on myself, you mm-hmm. know, so I just felt this incredible weight. And I just kept, you know, um, you know, but here's the thing. The great thing is everybody's trying with me. So I keep doing it and doing it. And all of a sudden, Hassani bursts out of from the back and go, that's it. And this is like the 24th take. That's it. Circle star that, MJ. That's it. And I'm just like, who did I do different? I, I, you know, like, because I was just trying to be true to the moment, the best I can, add a little more, you know, just 
just try to be real. So I, I'll let Hassan explain the rest because to this day, I'm not sure what he saw in that take that he did. <laughs> that was going to be my next question because I need to know. Well, okay, so I that was one of those days I refer to as like quicksand, but but that's where good <laughs> casting comes in because like I knew Hetty. I, I, I anticipated people don't understand how hard it is to be a lead in a feature film, let alone in a, a lead in a no budget indie feature film, let alone mm. in a no budget <laughs> indie film with this guy directing. Because <laughs> I, I'm very demanding. I, I don't care about our budget and I don't care. I have expectations. I have goals. I'm going to make sure that all of our time is worth it. Uh, mm-hmm. And the way I kind of safeguard, uh, you know, those goals, those goals and those aspirations we have is by casting a, a good mix of really, really new young talent with incredible veteran talent. And that's, to be honest, I barely had to do any work to keep Hetty going because there was Jay Teddy on set and Jay Teddy Garces, that guy's a field general. Uh, mm-hmm. Steve, he's a field general. And they knew their job was this is where I make her better. So nobody really freaked out. We all just kind of waited until I got what I wanted. And I know she couldn't figure out what I what I was going for, but she also had been shooting for like 15, 16 days in the Las Vegas heat. So it, it you know, that's not a reflection on her skills so much as her fatigue, her energy levels. Mm-hmm. So uh, she ended up getting that in one take, like every line of it. She really nailed like three pages, you know, worth of material in one take. And it was really, really incredible. And I think she deserves all the credit in the world because, again, to have never been tested like that, you know, to have to be the in every scene, every day, I don't get a day off, the heat, the no budget, the craft services of like Swiss cake roll, little Debbie's and, you know, <laughs> can't get any nutrients over here. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but she made it, she made it, you know, and, and it was a very involved role uh, emotionally. So I give her all the credit in the world. I think the hardest day for me actually wasn't on set. It was, it was during pre-production when I was driving mm-hmm. around Las Vegas aimlessly looking for the pictures I saw in my head in terms of locations. Uh, I was looking for the storefront for Lalo's shop. And at the time I was scouting smoke shops and convenience stores and water shops Mm -hmm. here in Las Vegas. And I think I was in a smoke shop and I had been, I had been chased out of a couple places that day. It was a particularly bad day. And Mm. uh, I walk into the smoke shop and the vibe is different. This guy is like welcoming and his Mm. shop seemed to have very little traffic. And it smelled good and it was clean and it had a style to it. And I was like, a smoke shop would be really good for the front of Lalo, Lalo's spot. And we start vibing. And all of a sudden the conversation progresses into productive stuff like what's your dates and how many <laughs> people. And I'm like, I think this might work. And then the television up above me uh, to my right at like a 45 degree angle, a, a news story chimes up, you know, and they start talking about uh, a convenience store being robbed and then they flash the picture and it's a it's a black dude who doesn't really look like me but I guess could be confused for me mm-hmm. and we both look up at that we, we watch the story and when his eyes come back down oh no the vibe changed yeah like it wasn't it wasn't like the same like he didn't want to talk about dates anymore it was more of I need time to think about it oh my god and then I realized I got into my car and I drove home and honestly, I wanted to cry because I was like, ah, shit. Like I'm the villain in real life. Like people were trained to see me as the threat. So like, how do I get people to trust me when they're being conditioned on a daily basis to, to stay away from people like me and to see people like me as, as potential problems for them. And, um, I think, Las Vegas deserves a lot of credit because somehow I got these locations despite that, Mm -hmm. you know, um, like for me to have gotten this film done when we are being conditioned by mainstream media to see certain people, specifically people like me, 
in a pretty terrible light, yet people were able to see past that. And trust me, oh man, I like I don't know who to thank for that, but it means the world to me. What did you end up? Where did you end up uh, shooting this? Did, was it the same? I mean, where did you end up? <laughs> I got a comic book shop. Oh, yeah. a comic. That's that's <laughs> awesome, by the way. That's yeah. a nice little juxtaposed like uh fantasy world right in front of this horrific drug den you know? yeah it says a little bit about lalo it says a little bit about lalo and also technically to me i don't say this to anyone so this is an exclusive for you guys but takeout girl is a superhero film mm. like there's tara and then there's takeout girl when the hat's <laughs> down she's a superhero that's her batman cowl you know like she can tackle anything and uh, when the hat's off, she's just a normal girl. So uh, so for me to be able to kind of tie that in by physically having the comic book-like location it built. I, I, it's almost like you should make a movie about making this movie. Uh, I mean, there sounds like something. Like, I mean, because, you know, it's, it's, it's like to have that kind of situation happen where you're like talking to a guy and this person's like, yeah, man, I can't wait to you for you to shoot here. And then just out of nowhere, like a movie, yeah. a news story comes on the TV. Like that's something yeah. in a movie. We would, we would definitely pick on that in yeah. cinema sins. If, if we saw that in a movie, we would be like, <laughs> no, come on. Why, how's the TV on at this very moment where there's this, this story and everything going on and it, Oh, it ruins his whole day. Come on. Like this type of stuff does happen. No doubt about it. It's so, it's so insane that that would, I mean, that's absolutely incredible. (laughs) Yeah. I think, I think indie filmmakers deserve all the credit in the world because you just never know what sort of struggles they had to overcome. You know, Mm -hmm. like you always, uh, always uh, go back to living in oblivion to, to think about the, uh, the way indie films are made and (laughs) just, and just, you know, how, how, how insane those sets are and how impossible it is to get what you want to get. Sometimes it's a miracle to get these movies made. True. Um, um uh barrett jonathan any other questions i have i have one question before we have to go uh and one statement first off hetty i think you're going to be just like a, a like a superstar i really do Aww, <laughs> absolutely you absolutely. absolutely own uh all your your shots in this movie you can just a oh, magnet wow. the thank you so much i'm gonna tell my mom at this that you said after this <laughs> hey, put her on the phone put her on the phone i'll talk to her myself uh, awesome. and, uh, thank you so much the, the the question is the music in this movie is terrific uh where did you get it from uh did you have a music supervisor or were you guys also that too <laughs> yeah I, I submitted the songs that i want um in the movie to Sonny and then Sonny also, you know, used uh, one of the songs that I loved that is actually um, the actor who plays the cop in the movie, Stupid Young. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. he, he's a rapper. So one of his biggest hits is called Mando with Mozzie featuring Mozzie mm. and that, and we got to use that. He, he just, you know, gave us that song and I'm really happy. And, and of course, you know, my taste tends towards like R and B hip hop, but mm-hmm. I'm very happy with, like I, I, this is, you know, this is where, you know, teammates compliment each other. You know, Hisani has a different taste sometimes, but that for the movie makes the movie feel even like bigger. It just feels more epic with his taste and music, you know, and Hisani, tell, tell them about that um, song you switched out. Um, and oh. I said, they just made the opening just way better. Well, the music is a crazy situation as it is. And you know why the, the okay. So the music is important to me because Throughout the process, I was like, I could pat myself on the back. But when it came to the music I originally wanted to put into this film, my bias started to show. Started <laughs> to show. And, and like, because, you know, I'm black. Like, I got cousins who make music. Like, I can throw a rock and hit five or six people that I could have gotten the soundtrack from this for this film from. Oh, wow. And, um, but they would all be black. And that kind of seemed to be a problem to me. I knew I wanted this to be a gritty sort of hip hop driven sort of world. And I immediately went to like black 
And I was like, you know what? I think having Asian American narratives out there are such a rare thing that I need to kind of double down and do the hard work and find as many Asian American hip hop artists and Latino uh, hip hop artists as I can. Hmm. And, uh, and, and I changed my whole approach and I went out and really just kind of put in way more time, stayed up late, got up early, just listening to music. You know, I'm talking SoundCloud, Spotify, Pandora, Instagram, Facebook, Hmm. any place I can find music. I, I would, I would just kind of go there and, I would like to say that like 95% of this film is um, Asian American artists or Latino artists. Wow. That's and, awesome. Uh, it, it was just another layer that I hoped people would appreciate. Uh, and then just meeting those artists, like it was enriching an enriching experience. Cause as Hetty said, like we were given music, you know, for like $1 licensing fees that we just didn't deserve. Wow. People saw us doing something positive and they wanted to encourage it. That's so awesome. they helped. And nothing makes you feel more positive about the state of the world than people behaving in that fashion. Nice. Oh man, there's no doubt. That's you know what? You have a great story behind every single thing <laughs> that you did in this movie. I'm a filmmaker. Um <laughs> I I'm looking forward to seeing uh more output from you too, for sure. Absolutely. Um, um, I, uh, I really enjoyed this and guys, um, I, I, it's, it's the, the hour's almost up. So I'm going to wrap us up, but, uh, uh, I'd like to thank, uh, Hassani, Hassani Mustafa and Hetty Wong for their time. The movie is takeout girl comes out VOD and digital May 18th guys. Thanks a lot for uh, sharing, uh, today. Oh, I have one more question. If time allows, yeah, yeah go for it. Jonathan, who, which character like did you that touched you the most or that you guys kind of like like the most it doesn't have to be tara i will not be offended <laughs> I, I, well i gotta say one thing she wants you to say tara no no i don't I, you know i want one the thing, truth the truth one thing i did want to mention actually I, I i just remembered i i had this in my notes but um i love the dynamic between tara and nate and um oh, yeah. I, I think in a lot of different i think in a lot of movies that plays out a little more cliched and I, I was, I did not know where it was going, and I was so excited, uh, just to see the way it, it all kind of panned out. I guess. Uh, I mean, obviously, the very end. I don't want to just, I don't want to get. I mean, I, maybe excited is not the word, but I just say it as far as like it felt fresh. Um, mm, okay. Uh, just uh, the way that relationship progressed, and mm-hmm. uh, uh, I don't know. I liked Nate. I, 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 I didn't realize I missed him until he showed back up on screen. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, you know, it's funny because, uh, obviously the Tara character is, is, is so prominent in all, and I guess in almost every scene in this movie. And I had that weird thing, like after watching a movie and then hearing your voice and going, Oh my God, it's the person from the movie. <laughs> um, uh, and a lot of times I, and I've, and we've, we've talked to actors before. I, I, I haven't gotten that same, uh, yeah. that same feeling, like it's like oh okay yeah i mean i think that yeah i think but no you're something very distinct about your voice and the way you speak that makes it go oh my god it's that person it's <laughs> it's her from the movie I agree. I agree um um i will say this i mean yeah uh, for sure you're you're going to be 1a and 1b with lalo mm-hmm. because lalo is that character that we, the thing about that character is you could have you guys could have easily turned him into uh, I, you know, a bad guy that we've seen so many times, mm-hmm. uh, where, where the first thing you see is, is a threat of violence. And there's, and that guy doesn't seem to go to violence. It's like his, his C or D, uh, mode of uh, expression. He, he first tries to reason and then he, he may go down to another rung, but that violence Ooh. thing doesn't come out until later. And that's one thing that I really enjoyed about this is because, it, you know, it, and he's so smooth and, and hearing Hassani talk about how ski and he talk to each other. I'm like, I mean, you know, he's like, yeah, I'll, you know, he, he, I just, I just knowing that he's like that, you know, he's got that smoothness in real life and everything is, is awesome. But I, I, I did relate to him a lot, but obviously, you know, your character is, is the one, I mean, like I said, right at the beginning, when you have that one line about 
why don't you take notes? Um, I was, I was in on your character. <laughs> I'm going to cheat. I'm going to cheat and say the, the family is a unit. Cause those scenes okay. where, where it's crystal and mom and, and you and uh, Saren uh, in the restaurant or, you know, otherwise feel so authentic and lived in like you, you guys could have been related and, and I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, oh. I think mm-hmm. the way you guys play off of each other, was it, I talked about it before the heart of the movie. Uh, mm-hmm. So yeah, it, I, I'm cheating. <laughs> I love everybody. <laughs> Everybody's great. That's awesome. Because one of my wishes when I, you know, approached Asani about the story, I said, I, I'm a back back in the day. I watched like the first season of Downton Abbey. And I loved mm-hmm. how strong the ensemble cast was. You just had, you just liked all the characters. And mm-hmm. so I told Asani, like, for me, if everybody liked the whole cast, you know, that for mm-hmm. me is a win because I, I believe in the strength of best ensemble, like the ensemble, mm-hmm. the strength of ensemble cast. Everybody's good, mm-hmm. you know? Everybody has a story, even though their runtime on screen may not be as long. So um, thank you for sharing that with me. Thank no, you guys. no problem. I you guys are so that. awesome. This is a highlight of my career to be able to chill with you guys today. Oh my God. Hey, listen, <laughs> we've got to do this when, when, when the series comes out or whenever uh, the, your next thing comes out, we got to talk yeah. again because this was just too much fun. Anytime, anytime. Thank you. Um, <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, just one more time. This movie take out girl comes out on VOD and digital May 18th. Uh, That's going to do it for this interview. It's Chris Atkins and Jonathan Watkins and Barrett Share. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening. Comment on our episodes on our SoundCloud page. Check us out on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, and Reddit. And be sure to visit cinemasins.com.